Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another very special episode of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio, we are very excited to have two special guests tonight, John and Dave Kevern, brothers who are bringing an impactful men's event to the area on April 13th. But first, are you ready? Mm-hmm. The I'm world ready. premiere wow. of our very first Family Road Trip Podcast. Buckle up. I can't wait to get on the road again. Country road. Run. The long and winding road. Oh, King of the road. Head out on the highway. God bless the broken Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Family Road Trip Podcast. Hello, you're with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. We're with four couples taking a journey over seven weeks. What does the seven weeks consist of? Boy, a good man really is hard to find. I think probably one of the most difficult things we as parents face, and that is to really set aside meaningful time during this Lenten season. Setting aside 45 minutes to gather our family together to talk and pray in a meaningful way. The new phone book's here! The new phone book's here! You know, you're not alone in this for two reasons. One, we offer an awesome gathering guide for you to do that that's fun and easy to follow. And you can find it at ilovemyfamily.us. Ilovemyfamily.us. It should be easy to remember, right? And uh, the second thing is that you know you're with other families. And uh, so this is a podcast where over the seven weeks, we're going to share the journey with you. We're going to be very real, very honest about the challenge it takes in the midst of busyness. We have two families here who have a number of kids under the roof and two that are kind of at the end, if you will. They're looking at empty nests pretty soon. And uh, it's applicable to them also in gathering their family together to make it happen. Let's begin with the Ericsons. Who are you people? We're still trying to figure that out. (laughs) Been married for 14 years. We have six children, age 10 to 1. And I would say one of the things we're most excited about uh, with doing this is to really get a gauge on how deep our children's faith really is and where they're at and how much, uh, how close they are with each other, how close they are with us, how comfortable they are in sharing. Um, the things that they're struggling with, and to understand um, that even though they're young, there is a lot of things they are struggling with, and and mm. uh, we're really looking forward to that. That's awesome. Langendurfers. Terry and Laurie here. Uh, we will be celebrating our 34th wedding anniversary this month. Wow. Woo-hoo. By today's standards, that's heroic. That is awesome. Well, Laurie is the hero in our marriage. <laughs> and... Um, we have five children. We're still uh, working on a set of twins, but we're <laughs> running out of time. So. What's the look on Lori's, Lori's face, face right face, now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> she said, you weren't supposed to tell anybody. <laughs> what was the other question? Well, just the thinking? uniqueness of your gathering will be just with your youngest daughter still under the roof. Being that she's in high school uh, and she is open and willing to share her Thoughts and emotions and, and everyday challenges, I think that's a good thing. And certainly this format is very conducive to that. All right, thank you. We're going to go across town now 
to the Miller family. Hi, I'm Joan, and Paul and I have been married 20 years, Yay. 21 this July, and our kids range in age. Youngest is 18 months, and oldest is 17 years. What are you looking forward to? What do you hope to accomplish in this seven-week journey? I want to get through the 45 minutes with 45 minutes of positive engagement mm-hmm. and not trying to corral the the uh, animals in the family and keep them all together. <laughs> it's got some challenges with the uniqueness. So uh, for me, I'm looking forward to growing personally and bringing the kids with me as much as possible, uh, given the dynamics of the family. That's awesome. We're going to get to the challenges in just a bit, but that's what we're about, folks, listening to us, this podcast. We just want to be very real with you and acknowledge these challenges. The Millers, big family, teenagers down to 17 months. Um, That's going to be a challenge, and that's awesome that you're taking it up. So um, let's go to the Noltners all the way up in near Sylvania, Bill and Lori. And you may be, uh, you may have muted your microphones or something. I don't know. Who wants to pretend they're maybe Bill they and got Lori? really excited and they're working on their set of twins too. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, maybe maybe Lori was looking a bit too good for you, Bill, and you needed to use the time in a better way. I understand that. I hope they turn the video part off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the ratings are going up. We're doing well. This is Bill and Lori. We've uh, been married 26 years. Uh, four children, ages uh, 16 to 24, and uh, we're doing good. Just one left at home. One left at home. Awesome. What do you hope to accomplish in this family road trip over the next seven weeks? Um, I guess we just uh, hope to... Uh, to continue to, to grow together in faith, to to learn more about each other, go to some places, hopefully, that uh, we haven't gone before. I just think it's a good forum to kind of get conversations started and to um, help with your um, prayer life as a family. Um, hmm. It makes it easy with the guide to um, kind of help you along so it's not so awkward. Awesome. Thank you, Lori. So, folks, again, we welcome you to this very first episode of Family Road Trip Podcast. And we have now our four stars um, that are going to be journeying together, our heroic stars. And we said it's going to be heroic to set aside this time every week to make it happen, to talk and pray. And it is important to do that every week, those of you who are listening. And again, we direct you to ilovemyfamily.us to make that time, to make it sacred amidst all the other challenges. So just to kind of maybe keep it really real um, what are some of those challenges you know you will face, both in making the time and, uh, through, you know, actually when you're gathered to do this thing? What Maybe what, what do you fear as you approach doing the Live It Gathering Guide? Okay, so we have six kids, 10 and under, um, three of which are four and under, and two of which are two little rambunctious little boys and one is a <laughs> one-year-old. <laughs> Just to just to get us to sit still is a huge, um, you know, undertaking. undertaking. Um, also, boys, a good man really is hard to find. Well, he runs a business and he has involved with a lot of things. So just making the time in the evening. What are you gonna do today, Napoleon? What 
feel like I want to do. Gosh. One day a week to set that time aside. So just busyness and little ones is definitely big obstacles for us. But it is that important, and we will do it. And, you know, with our one- and two-year-old, um, you know, we'll probably just put them to bed. Mm-hmm. And it may be required, really, to have some meaningful connection without a lot of distraction. And maybe just to anticipate for our listeners what what uh, they can hope to accomplish. Well, you've done this now for a number of years. You've led some of these groups in your own house. Maybe you and Liz could just say a word on um, what, what folks can hope to expect if they lean into this. Um, here most recently, started to ask our children to pray over us and each other. Mm. And it is astounding to see their level of faith, mm. um, where their little hearts are for forgiveness. And uh, I mean, their faith is immensely mature and deep, especially my nine and 10 year old. Um, and I'm just so impressed how they can lead prayer and how they can be comfortable praying over us. That's awesome. I also, I also want to add, it's beautiful to see how they're realizing that when they have a struggle or what have you, to see them go to prayer without me prompting them to. That's awesome. What a gift. So folks who are listening, you may be thinking, well, that we're nowhere near that. Our kids wouldn't even want to gather. That's going to be tough alone. Much less, what? You're praying over each other? So I just want to encourage those of you who are listening, where the first challenge is going to be just to get them together. Come on, people now. Smile on your brother. God's grace will begin to flow in a way such as this and break down our fears and our reservations. Terry and Lori, share with us maybe some of the challenges you know you will face. Well, there's only three of us, uh, but schedules typically are uh, an issue. And I think the best way for us to overcome it will be to set a day um, at the beginning of the week and just commit to it and, and keep it. A little note there from Steph's and my experience also. We have seven children, one of whom is in heaven. We've done this sort of thing our whole lives, and it helps to say it's going to be this day. It's coming up because then they plan it, and they know it, and they anticipate it. And uh, we do encourage, again, ilovemyfamily.us. You'll see the vision behind it and the links to where you need to go. But to make it sacred, to light that candle, we encourage you to light a candle, to set aside all the distractions for sure. No media should be on. It's always a temptation, if you will, that something else seems to come up or try to creep in. You know, everyone's Mm. tired or someone just had a fight with a sibling that you're still trying to work through (laughs) or you and I have an issue going on or whatever. And that's how the devil gets in there. So I guess I say just hopefully words of encouragement that make that time sacred establish it. It's non-compromised because there's always going to be a reason why you shouldn't. Paul and Joan, what thoughts, fears do you have in in uh, corralling the family, the beautiful big family that you have for seven weeks? What you just said, Stephanie, really echoes with us. We, we do our best effort to have a family rosary every Sunday, and that's a structured kind of format, obviously. Uh, with this next seven weeks, I'm looking forward to you know, finding a way to engage, especially the older kids, to get them to not see it as a date, a structured 
event that typically we get pushback from uh, t- typical teenager type pushback. Oh, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about this and how we're going to approach it. You're not going to amount to jack squat. And I almost, almost want to do it in a non-structured way. You're going to end up eating a steady diet of government cheese. Just to get some authentic discussion mm. going. And living in a van down by the river. Find a time without them knowing to say, Hey, we're all together. Typically, we try to do that at dinner time, and essentially just slide into this format without them even knowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Joe and I, when we need to plan that this week, we'll we'll give that some thought. Maybe that's a way to do it and just really get some authentic discussion going. I want them to go beyond the catechism and mm-hmm. what's written in the textbooks. I want them to embrace the faith, and I need to do that. I'm sure Joan might want to do that as well and i think this might be uh, a good me- a good time to try that what i love what you're speaking of paul and joan and your desire here is to normalize it not to make it so much of a quote-unquote program that stands out from uh, ordinary life but to kind of weave it into the relationship and anybody who's listening right now that really is the key that it becomes part of culture, that we have these conversations, if you will, all the time. And again, if you go to ilovemyfamily.us, another commercial, um, just if you go there, you'll see that, you know, there are even these daily questions you can have in the car, you know, as you're driving somewhere. Hey, what are you grateful for today? What's a victory? What's a challenge? Or at the table, certainly. Let's go to the Noltners now, Bill and Lori. Well, I would say um, a couple challenges, really. Well, number one is just, uh, you know, that time of day, finding the appropriate time of day, because, of, you know, if you tr- we try doing it in the afternoons or whatever, uh, some, or towards dinner time, and sometimes just downshifting for everybody, um, with everybody's got things on their minds, and they're still, you know, wrestling with things throughout the day um, to make that time. Um, but the other thing, I guess, is just, uh, you know, um, this uh, is, doesn't come as naturally to us as maybe it does to some of the other the other families here on the on the podcast and so it's uh uh but but what i would find that tell you is that uh we, as we tried it and we've done it um it's kind of like jumping into a cold shower you, know, you just <laughs> got to do it and and once you get in there then it's like oh it's not so bad and, and you know you can and and actually it's not more it's more than that it's actually like it's awesome mm. we had some really good intimate conversations conversations uh once we we dive in Folks, you are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter with the Family Road Trip Podcast for families journeying with us for seven weeks. We're making this courageous attempt to carve out 45 minutes a week to gather our families to talk and pray, engaged in meaningful conversation and prayer. And we believe that's going to be the biggest challenge. And we have this confidence that if we do it, the Holy Spirit's going to deepen our relationships. The Holy Spirit's going to show up. And uh, just like Moses, the imagery of Lent, the imagery of the Exodus, he's going to put that staff in the ground, and we're going to see um, we're going to see territory taken. So we're delighted that you're with us. Um, stay tuned for episode two next week, where we will hear them share a little bit of the, some of the challenges and uh, hopefully some of the victories of having engaged in this the very first week. God bless you. Thanks for being with us. Mm. 
So grateful to have you with us here. We are truly live now. Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio, Ignite Radio Live. And uh, we have two wonderful guests with us, and we want to use this time well. We have Dave and John Kevern, probably from two different parts of the planet right now calling in. But these are men connected with this Fishers of Men movement. And I want to get this out there right now. There's going to be an awesome men's morning of spirituality. Mark this down folks grab your pens or however you want to do this because you want to you want to make this april 13th from 8 to 1 30 p.m april 13th from 8 to 1 30 p.m at saint joan of arc and uh you know you may be bulking at the price free folks it's free and uh, where do you want to go to find out more f-o-m for fishers of men northwest ohio f-o-m-n-w-o dot org so, good evening, Dave and John Kevern. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing awesome. Doing great. Thank you, Greg. Awesome. Thanks awesome. for being with us. Absolutely. You know, I want to start it off right away with a very deep theological question. Which one of you is your mother's favorite? <laughs> Definitely John. I'm the youngest. It's me, of course. <laughs> <laughs> great answer. <laughs> Awesome. So we're blessed. I have not had the blessing of meeting you both yet, but let's just open in prayer tonight. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Dear Lord Jesus, you would not have taught us the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, without providing all the means for it to be accomplished, Lord. And we come before you because we need you in this hour. We need you in our marriages We need you in our families. We need you in our communities. We need you in the world, Lord. And uh, we just pray that you take territory tonight, Lord, from this moment forward and into and up and through this morning spirituality that you profoundly anointed and bless us and equip men in particular to be servant leaders after the heart of Christ. We lay down our lives, God, for all those whom you call us to love. We thank you for these brothers, and we thank you for all connected with them, Lord Jesus, who have your heart, are striving after your heart, that you unite men in a particular way to be again like Christ. We ask this in your name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 The Father, Son, and the Father, Holy, Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 So, Dave, why don't you give us some background on the founding of Fishers of Men? Oh, okay, okay. If I may, I would, I would love, first off, I love that previous segment you just had. I mean, these couples, <laughs> they're powerhouses. We're not quite and, sure what uh, we think, so I thank you for that. We were a little bold with that and bringing in culture. We've never done that before, so you guys were privy to something. We'll know if we get a well, hate that was, mail. That was spectacular, because this is going to be a similar story from a, a, a different part of life, a little bit later in life, of what happens when you start small and say yes, and um, if I may, I'll just give you a little bit about my story uh, before I really, truly jump into Fishers Please of do. Men and, and really let John tell his story as well. Does that work? Absolutely. In fact, let me pause you. One thing we do is we point to Revelations twelve eleven, and we want to just form our listeners about this, that they defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, which is the Holy Mass, and the word of their testimony. So absolutely, Dave, we want to encourage our listeners to listen to you, your story, a little bit of the backstory, and, and encourage them, folks, you got a story, be attuned to that story, and pray for God's heart and whom you're meant to share it with. So just a little bit of a cue. Go with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that opportunity, and here we are on Fat Tuesday. I hope Everybody <laughs> ate well tonight, um, and, and hopefully this isn't a sure cure for insomnia. Mm. Uh, but I, I really do want to um, share a pretty neat thing that happened over a period of time that at times is very excruciating, but other times very glorious because of uh, 
Christ watching over us and having his hand at our back. Um, I truly learned the power of one man, what one man could do very early on in my life, uh, and Christ planted a seed. Um, I was on a family vacation. My, my family was all Catholic, uh, six kids. On vacation in Florida, we were down in Fort Lauderdale. Um, in Fort Lauderdale, much like Daytona, you'll have a steady single-line stream of cars that's uh, going along and kind of gawking and taking a look at everyone. Um, that was the same in Lauderdale, um, except that that day we were all out on the beach playing Frisbee, and a, uh, one of the cars broke ranks mm. and came speeding up the beach, and unfortunately um, that person um, was inebriated and, and hit my brother and pretty much knew at the time that he had died. Mm. Um, my mother was a nurse and was there doing CPR as well as a crowd of people who came around to help uh, before the ambulance arrived. Wow. Um, while we were there uh, ob- observing and, and just really not understanding everything that was going on, um, we, we all stopped to pray, of course, as best we could uh, in the havoc. And then my mother climbed into the ambulance with my brother, mm. and he, they all went to the hospital, and my father followed in the car. But that event, as traumatic as it is, probably wasn't the seed that really needed to be planted. The seed that was planted was when my father and mother came back, and the people who had traveled with us had loaded up our camper, had hooked it up to the car when my dad returned. Mm. My mom climbed in back with uh, two of the, three of the kids, and at that point in time, in 1970, you could actually have a couple kids in the front, too. Mm-hmm. And my dad reached across and held my mom's hand, and he looked at all of us, and he said, if you ever wonder why I take you to church and sometimes drag you to church every single Sunday, it's because right here and now, if I couldn't tell you that Danny was in God's arms, I couldn't live another day. Mm. Wow. That is and, very moving. And, and with that, I will tell you, God struck something in my heart that has never rested, and, and, and I truly know that my heart will never rest until it rests in the Lord. Mm. How old were you at that time? I was 10, and my brother was 8, mm. and, and we were the middle two out of six children. John, who's on the phone, was the youngest of all of us, 10 years younger than me. So I will tell you that from that point, I, um, I got married. Uh, I'm sorry, I fast-forwarded after that, um, and my father, at age 47, got a very odd um, abscess tooth and died three weeks later at age 47. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and right then and there, I know that if I hadn't experienced his words 10 years prior, I wouldn't have gotten through it. So I proceeded forward. I got married, kind of a rocky start, as some marriages have, I'll be honest. Um, we started having a family um, and thought we were kind of blown with the wind, and, but we kept practicing exactly what my dad taught me, which are the basics of our faith is to keep going back, keep going back, keep getting fed. And uh, it was at that point in time when we had three children, youngsters, that I learned not only what one man can do in your life, but what 
10 men can do in your life. Mm. And uh, we had moved several times, and this time to Indianapolis from, um, from Cincinnati. And uh, I was introduced to Curcio, which if your listeners aren't familiar, it stands mm-hmm. for short course. It's Curcio and Christianity, and it's, um, it's short course in Christianity. And they teach you how to get your arms around this great Catholic faith we have and learn about piety, study, and action as the three legs of the stool. Um, I was amazed at how Christ spoke to me through this group of men. And a couple of messages that I took away that have always stuck with me and I've repeated to my children. Number one is the clearest message that you will send to a world that you will never see is through your children. Absolutely. How they treat and act, treat others and they act. And then secondly, the greatest gift that you can give your kids is to love your wife. Um, I will tell you that that reinforced through weekly meetings that Curcio forms became everything sustaining to me as a father and as a spouse. Uh, that got reinforced again when I moved to Northeast Ohio and participated in Christ Renews' his parish, which is, of course, now called Welcome. Um, very similar format, but it all came down to when the men go through, you go into men's group formation, and, of course, the women do the same. And that's when I really learned the whole idea that iron sharpens iron from my chirp team and uh, how truly joined together we can change men's lives. And at this point in time, I'd kind of like to pause and, and maybe let John tell you his story. He's 10 years removed from me, younger, um, who experienced something quite a bit different. Is Absolutely. That okay? Absolutely. Thank you, Dave. John. Oh, thank you. Um, so, so as Dave talked about, um, you know, my brother Danny, I was, I was still months old, not not years old, and uh, you know, ten years and, and two days when when my dad passed away. So, you know, I didn't get the you know the strong messages Dave got at that time, but I, I can tell you, being forty eight years old now, I have seen the effects of those uh, with my siblings. Um, we enjoy we enjoy something incredibly special uh, amongst us five brothers and sisters and um, and you know I'm always thankful for that but you know we started this off I'm uh, I might be you know the favorite son but I'm a much slower learner um, I I've been a cradle Catholic for 45 or 48 years but 45 of those years you know very honestly um, Going through the going through the motions, I knew the importance of of going to church. You know, mom and dad taught me that, and um, you know, mom continued that after after dad passing and did the CCD. Um, went through went through those uh, motions, and you know, we had a Bible in the living room on the coffee table, um, but I don't really remember um, reading it much, but. Um, you know, I I carried the importance of attending mass on on weekends over to my family and and um, pass that on to hopefully my daughter. Um, and pushed her through Catholic elementary because I wanted her to have something more than than what I had, and she attended St. Joe's and then on to Notre Dame. And uh, in two thousand in two thousand sixteen, after uh, eighteen years of marriage and and unfortunately a fresh divorce. 
you know, I found myself with the opportunity to find um, the man I was going to be. And um, there are a lot of attractions out there, um, but I, I really wanted to stay away from the bars, wanted to stay away from friends uh, from my past that I got in trouble with, and decided to join another friend on a Chrysler News' Parish weekend in St. Joe's, and we were Team 48. Um, and as, as we tended, and one of the great mysteries of CHIRP is the um, not knowing the agenda. Mm. not knowing what's going to happen next. And as you, I'm not, and I'm not going to give a spoiler alert here either, mm-hmm. but Saturday night, um, as I was praying in the chapel um, and wondering why, uh, why Jesus would take um, on all my burdens, um, I felt that at that moment he did. And he, get, he forgave me. Um, forgave me for the divorce, which was weighing on me heavy and heavy guilt. And uh, it was just complete overwhelming emotions. It, it just hit me. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew he forgave me um, like nothing I ever felt before. So we, you know, we, we had an amazing weekend. Um, there are 12 of us. I don't think that's ironic. Right. Um, there are 12 of us, and we continue to meet today, a um, couple years later, um, on a regular basis. And the best friendships I have. So um, that's, awesome. that's what brought me deeper uh, into chasing my faith and building a, a relationship with Jesus that, um, that I enjoy now and um, obviously want to get deeper and deeper with every single day. That is very moving. Folks here, tune in to Ignite Radio Live. Very blessed to have the brothers John and Dave Kevin on the phone sharing uh, very moving, authentic stories of really coming to know Jesus Christ in that journey. And um, really behind this uh, morning of spirituality, men's morning of spirituality, and I'm going to just give a shout-out again probably a few more times. It's April 13th, 8 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at St. Joan of Arc. And uh, here's where you can go to register for free, FOM. N-W-O, that stands for Fishers of Men, Northwest Ohio.org. So F-O-M-N-W-O.org. So I have the flyer in front of me. Uh, our wonderful Bishop Thomas is going to be there. Peter Herbeck, whom is no stranger to us. We love Peter Herbeck. Pete Borak, another awesome young husband and father of four, who is from uh, Ann Arbor, um, leads the ID916 movement. And, of course, Dave, Master of Ceremonies, here on the phone with us. And, folks, I find often that it's simply an occasion, especially during Lent, for us men to set aside lesser things to receive greater things. That's simple. Which of us don't feel a need to set aside lesser things and to have confidence Confidence and anticipate God to do something powerful with us. So, um, Dave and John, Dave, share with us then, how did that powerful experience of your life, for both of you, if you want to share the story, lead you to Fishers of Men? Yeah, yeah, thank you. i got to tell you, doing this with my brother is one of the most powerful things I think I've ever done in my life. <laughs> uh, so thanks for allowing us to do this. Um, yeah, so this is a, this is where the story gets really interesting. To be honest with you, um, we I moved to my wife and I and our, our kids moved to Memphis, Tennessee, and this is now twenty years ago. And um, they had we got involved in the church, Knights of Columbus, Men's Club, this, that, and the other, and, and really did some wonderful things. Oh, they're such service oriented organizations, and I really got fed very, very well there. But 
Um, what I found is, is that without a men's group and without men reinforcing me to make sure that I hit all three legs of the stool, that I was lacking in, in feeding the, the piety or worship part of my, my, my life and, and the, the true study of my faith. Uh, and, and henceforth, um, I, I also felt myself a little bit starved out in that I wasn't any longer bringing them to Christ like we did with either Chirp or Perseo. Uh, I checked into those organizations, and it just so happened at the time, again 20 years ago, that my church didn't do Chirp. Some of them did and some don't, and that was decided by parish and their pastors. And then Curcio was actually quite, it was struggling. It was very, very lean at that time. So I uh, threw out an invite to about 25 gentlemen who I had met through these other organizations and said, hey, come to my lake house in, over in Arkansas in the Ozarks. And if you don't know how to fly fish, that's fine, but this is going to be a fly fishing retreat. And we're going to pull off the river and we're going to talk about scripture and, and how we can be better fathers, husbands, friends, better disciples. Uh, hopefully we'll do mass and, and hear confessions. Um, who's in? And again, like John's experience, I got 12 men and one priest. Mm-hmm. No coincidence. So on the way home from that weekend, which was amazingly powerful, I'm riding down Route 167 in Arkansas, and we pass this little church, and it's got this sign, and it's one of those where you hang the letters on it, proving how old I am, I guess. But it says, <laughs> or how old the church is. Become, become a fisher of men. You catch them, he'll clean them. <laughs> Love it. That's so good. And right then and there, I knew one day we would become, we would become fishers of men. So... We returned to Memphis. Um, these gentlemen continued to meet every single week, actually in my office conference room, um, until I got kicked off campus, and we ended up meeting at church, which was probably better anyway. <laughs> and um, we actually followed um, Rick Warren's book, Purpose Driven Life. Mm-hmm. Um, realizing it's still, it's, it may not be Catholic, there's still a lot of it's good fabulous. guidance in there. Absolutely. Um, and the, that book starts with chapter one, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. And it finishes at chapter 40 with what are you going to do about it? And we discerned and we're really praying about what our church needed more than anything else. And I reflected on what one of the pastors said to me um, after I had experienced uh, a couple of different things. And he said to me, he says, the greatest gift that you can give my church is a man whose heart has been set on fire by Curcio mm-hmm. or Christ Renews his parish. But I also knew that it's a huge leap for most men to go from everyday life of either not being in the pews or maybe being in the pews, but half tuned in to going on a Curcio or a trip weekend. And I also know that we as men, Catholic men, as a whole, and I hate to stereotype, but I'll speak mostly for myself, when it comes to evangelization as an individual, I am a chicken. 
And while other faiths certainly have a gambit on this, I knew that I did much better as a group than I did as an individual. Mm. So we decided that we were going to start inviting men to our weekly group, and we were building very slowly. We were making really slow progress, again, as individuals, not not so good. What year are we talking about here, Dave? What year, roughly? Yeah, so this would be probably um, two... This is 2003. Okay. I know it now for because I have a good reference point. So at that point in time, uh, we've discerned and everything else, and we're wondering what's going on. And one day a gentleman just shows up in our group. He says, hey, I hope you don't mind. I joined you. Your pastor sent me over, and he said you're an okay group of guys. <laughs> Thanks. And, and that gentleman's name was Danny Abramowitz. Mm. Oh, Go Danny. Danny. I'm sure you might know. Um, he had been flushed out of New Orleans uh, by Hurricane <laughs> Katrina, oh. retransplanted to Memphis, Tennessee, and of course he is now um, obviously founder uh, of Crossing the Goal um, with, with several of our great Catholic leaders and um, speakers, etc. Uh, Curtis Martin, uh, Peter Herbeck. I mean, just just right. these are giants. Well, um, not only. Not only was he an all-star receiver for the New Orleans Saints and played with Archie Manning, et cetera, he has gone on to do even greater things. Mm-hmm. Um, but Danny, after sitting with the group and hearing, our, as, hearing where we were with really truly trying to become some type of an on-ramp for men to take one step forward in their faith, he told us, you're not thinking big enough. He says, I speak at men's conferences all around the nation, and we flood their ministries with men whose hearts have been softened, who are ready to take that step forward. Mm-hmm. And we listened. And we said, all right, you know what? We can multiply ourselves times many if we, if we do listen and if we act. So that's when we established um, Men's Morning of Spirituality. We worked on it for a year. And then we also established Fishers of Men's Meetings uh, for men when they came out of it, um, all with the intention of bringing them, again, one step closer. So in 2005, we had the first Men's Morning of Spirituality. We thought we'd have 50 to 80 men. 400 men showed up. Wow. Praise the God. next year, 600. The next That's year, good. 800. The next year, 1,000. The next year, 1,200. And after that, a year, 10, 1,500 men. This isn't a city... In Memphis, Tennessee, that has 4.7 percent of the men of the people are Catholic. Catholic. Right? Wow, it's awesome. So we're like, my goodness gracious! And halfway through that journey of the first 10 years, our wives got together and started Women's Morning of Spirituality. Who, of course, they outdid us with the ladies. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they're just they're just more so much ready, more ready than us, but. That's kind of when John started joining in, and, and he came in and had his own experience. So I'd like to kind of turn it over to him. Please. So um, I went down, and I, I, I remember riding <clears throat> with Dave in the car to, I think, to dinner on Friday night before the Saturday. And I remember leaning over to him and said, hey, Dave, so what part of this thing do you have to play tomorrow? He goes, oh, I just got a small part. And we kind of left it that, went and had dinner. And then the next day he comes walking out and seeing the 
um, the program. But, you know, I, I went down and I had, um, I had a great experience. I saw um, Peter Herbeck in the Crossing the Goal team, Curtis Martin, Danny Abramowitz. Um, went back another year, um, listened to Matthew Kelly. Um, he was a, a great speaker. And, uh, you know, just lit the men on fire. And um, most, most recently heard Father Mike Schmidt and got to meet him. And, um, you know, after the first two events I went to, I left really saying, I don't know of anything like this in Toledo um, that we have in Toledo. And a little bit of that was um, my ignorance of not knowing what was happening in the Catholic world in Toledo, because I, I do know there are some great events that were happening. Um, but a little bit of it was, you know, just curiosity and what what we could bring to Toledo. And, mm-hmm. and very honestly, um, by attending, you know, the three Fishers of Men with, you know, or Men's Morning Spirituality events in, in Memphis, um, it kind of softened me to the point where in, in 2016, when Chirp came up, um, I'm like, hey, you know what? I can do this. I I got to do it with 800 or 1,000 men. You know, we'll <laughs> do it with the it. church, and mm-hmm. I'll know somewhere there. So, so Men's Morning really opened my eyes to how it is to um, explore your faith with men. Um, and there's nothing against exploring faith with women, but it, it is different. Mm-hmm. It is that iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was really just an amazing experience that, um, um, that I really thought Toledo needed. And um, as we came back to, to Toledo, um, started meeting and talking with people, and, um, and it, took a, it took a long time for, to get the concept rolling. A lot of people had mentioned uh, Lift Jesus Higher. A lot of people had mentioned Peacekeepers and how, uh, you know, successful those were the first couple of years at the Seagate Center. And um, I really, really, truly believe, and maybe I've been well-mentored and well-schooled well by my brother Dave, but I truly believe what we'll have in Men's Morning Spirituality will be sustainable. Mm. It'll be something that will go on, you know, Many, many years, like Memphis has gone on 13 years now, um, and Atlanta's in their second year. I so I, I really believe what, we, what, we'll, what we'll do here and all the men that put their time in will build something that's sustainable. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you for that, John and Dave. Again, folks, we are tuned into Ignite Radio Live, and we're talking with Dave and John Kevern. They're bringing to the Toledo area, this region, a men's morning of spirituality taking place April 13th, 8 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at St. Joan of Arc in Toledo, Ohio, of course. And if you want to register, I would go now. There, It is limited, uh, so you want to register fairly quickly. There's only so much capacity. Um, I may have been one of the first to register, and I know there's a good group of men that we know that are getting the word out and very excited about this. So uh, Bishop Thomas, Peter Herbeck, Pete Burak, of course Dave is going to be MC. but go to fomnwo.org, F-O-M-N-W-O. WO.org. So tell us what what is unique about this day? I know you don't there's something beautiful about, you know, participate, don't anticipate kind of thing and I get that. But um what's unique about this morning? What should men anticipate? Uh, I just said don't anticipate. What's unique about the morning? 
Yeah, so um, I'd like to maybe comment and have John, because John's been there as a participant while I've had to be up front getting all nervous and stuff. <laughs> but um, I, what I'll say as far as the design of it that, and, and the formula that over now the last several years has, has seemed to work is, number one, it's, it's a very, um, in some ways, lighthearted. It's a very um, easy and non-threatening morning, yet it's, it goes very deep and has a wonderful crescendo. And in between, it's also quite entertaining. Um, we use, we have great speakers. We have a witness speaker, and it's always good to hear that very personal story. It's great to have a keynote, I mean, like Peter Herbeck, mm-hmm. who is ultra-talented. But in between, the, alta, the, the, the multimedia that we use and we share, uh, whether it be excerpts, uh, from Matthew Kelly, Bishop Barron, uh, Nike, you name it, there's great messages out there that are dovetailed in to a theme that build gradually. Um, the other thing is this. I don't know how many people in your audience, the men especially, have ever been in a group of 500 men or 1,500 where it's just men who are singing and hearing themselves sing mm. for sometimes the first time in their life. Mm. The power of that mm. will cause men's hearts to melt. And, and we've experienced it year and year, and that's why it just continues to build the way it has. Mm. We've had over 30,000 men attend these events, men and women, men's morning and then women's morning. And, and men will come back after three or five years and say, if somebody hadn't invited me when they did and I hadn't attended, I may not be here today because I was, mm-hmm. wasn't making good decisions. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, you know, for those men who are listening, um, we know there's not a single man out there who does not desire more does not desire more in relationship with God and certainly in relationship with spouse and uh, family and the world, God alive there. And um, we know the stats. The stats are if dads are not in the game, if dads are not leading, um, you know, there's only a 2% chance our kids will continue on in their faith. It's that low if dad is not in the game with his faith. And, uh, you know, if dad is in the game, this is just crazy. So if, if mom is completely full, 100% in, but dad's missing an action, 2% chance the kids will continue in their faith. But shift it around the other way. Mom's out of the picture. Dad's fully in the game. It Stats raise from 65 to 75% the kids will continue. So there's something embedded in our spirits. And which of us men don't know that from our own fathers? It's some level, a, a relationship that we have. They're iconic of the Father in heaven. And I want to give you guys, just ask you maybe some hardball questions. Today, 2019, what are some of the challenges facing men? What are some of those realities that you connect with um, that maybe help get the debris, the stuff out of the way and uh, open up doors for them? Where are men at today, 2019? I'm going to defer to John because I'm 58. Um, he's living in a different era than me. So, John. Well, you know, you know that's interesting because um, I shared I shared a little bit of my story, and um, you, you know, 
my last couple of years might not be, you know, a truly good sample of, of where men are at. I, I, uh, I know where I'm at. I know what I'm interested in. And, um, I know the direction and, and the responsibilities I have going forward. Um, and I look at, I look at other men that are so much younger than me and, and good fathers, like, like Brett Huntenbrinker mm-hmm. that, um, yes. yep. you had on, um, a couple of weeks ago. And I, I see how much a young man like that, as, as sharp as he is, has on the ball and has ahead of him in life. And, you know, he's, he's one of the ones that seems like he really has it figured out. And I admire young men like that who, who you will see the lasting effects in their families um, for generations and generations to come. And some of us are slower learners like myself. Um, just took me a little while longer, but, but I, I hope I'm on the right path now and going forward. Mm-hmm. I think we're, we're all over the board. There's so many temptations out there, um, you know, in this world, whether it's on your computer, whether it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, out in public, in bars, wh- wherever it might be. Um, you know, we need to have much stronger faith to battle what, uh, you know, what is being presented in, in this life in front of us. And it's around every single corner. Um, John, let me ask so you, I think, three years ago, um, you obviously had a cultural Catholic familiarity, shall we say. So try to put yourself in the place of three years ago and speak to the men right now who may be listening, if not Ignatian Radio, our podcast is a follow-up. You know, what's keeping some of those men who are culturally Catholic, familiar with Catholic, may or may not go to church, is it, what's the fear factor there? What stands in the way? Do they think it's artificial, inauthentic, fake? Um, is there fear maybe of their own sin and they just don't want to change? What, what do you think is holding them back? And maybe even from your own experience. You know, um, the, first, the, the first thing that really, really comes to my mind when you ask that is maybe a, maybe a little bit of pride, hmm. maybe a little bit of men... Um, you know, feeling like, you know, the, the, I got this, you know, mm-hmm. I got this, I, I can handle it. I can handle everything that's around the corner. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll manage it just like I, I always do. And, you know, one thing that, that Christy News' parish did teach me is that I'm, I'm not alone with my struggles. I'm not alone with my challenges. There are, if I'm one man who, who feels weak in a certain area. Um, there's a hundred men uh, right around me feeling that exact same way. And it's okay. You know, it, it, it's okay. It, it's not a pride thing. You don't have to carry all of this on your own shoulders. There's, there's a much deeper um, experience and relationship you can have with, with Jesus that Every single, every single morning, every single day, every single minute of the day, you can, you can turn to him and say, you know what, I maybe wouldn't have planned it that way, but I know you got my best interest, mm-hmm. and I'm going to trust you on this one. And just having that trust is, is you know, giving more of a, a freedom um, to life and a joy to life instead of a, a burden worrisome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wake up every morning. I read my, I read my Jesus Calling. I... Uh, you know, um, pray, and it's a daily thing um, that we go through. But, you know, as, as a man, um, I'm 48, as a man, we, we have a lot to carry on our shoulders. 
And, um, you know, it's okay to lean on Jesus. It really mm-hmm. is. And, uh, you know, pride might be standing in that way. Hopefully more men, or any one, if one man hears this, I hope they let down their guard and, and, and come and realize they're in good company. Right. And right. there's a whole lot more out there. I love what you're saying, and, you know, I think back often to that series that I may date people who are listening who are younger than us, but the In Search Of series. Surely, Dave, you remember Leonard Nimoy, In Search Of. But uh, I think we are a generation in search of an authentic male spirituality, authentic Catholic men's... Uh Uh-oh, did I do something wrong? (laughs) Um, Authentic Catholic men's spirituality. I think one of the reasons a lot of guys who are listening right now may be shifting over from classical rock or whatever the case may be is is they wonder, is there a a godly Catholic men's vision out there that isn't overly feminized and isn't maybe dripping with maybe catharsis and emotions and feelings, which is an appropriate thing, by the way. Chrisio Chirp, authentic male engagement of Christ in that sort of way. But what I like about what you're doing, and I hear it, I think, loud and clear, is, hey, men, you need not feel ostracized in this Catholic faith. God did choose 12 men, and he does call us to the kind of heroism that caused men to go into burning buildings on 9-11, and he calls us to see that reality played out. It's in our souls. He calls us to see that reality in our marriages and families and to recognize that's the landscape where that heroism, the fabric of our nature, is meant to be lived out. Um, Dave and John, how has this experience uh, I don't know, give us some glory stories of men who've experienced this. Certainly, John, you're a great testimony is one of them. But give me some glory stories of men who've come to this uh, morning of spirituality and the difference it's made maybe a year, two, five years down the road in their marriages and families. Yeah. Dave, can I go with one real quick? Please do. All right. So so I went down to Memphis and um, sat in on Men's Morning of Spirituality number 10. And um, during one of the breaks, I decided to stay um, stay in my pew and, and not go out. And during the break, I, I struck up a conversation with a gentleman in front of me, and, and this guy was intimidating, six foot eight, probably 300 pounds, and not fat, just a, a huge mountain of a man. Um, you know, unsolicited, he, um, he provided me the best testimony for men's winter spirituality ever. He... He shared with me that at MMO, the program changed his life. Um, he mentioned that he was a Germantown police officer, and he found the challenge of the daily grind um, was really weighing on him. And um, it was really weighing on him in that he was uh, going out on the calls for domestic violence and just full of mm-hmm. anger and no mm-hmm. tolerance. And he said when he came to... Um, MMOS number six, he was reminded of Jesus's compassion and and treatment towards others and decided at that moment he was going to change his ways. And um, he found, you know, compassion and inspiration to help, um, to help each of the people that he encountered daily, whether they were uh, fighting spouses, whether they were drug dealers, whatever, or not uh, drug users, probably dealers too. And um, he, he, met them with their own individuality and, and compassion to, to deal with them and, and found that he had amazing patience. And he said he took that back to his um, police station, too, and it, it just kind of radiated through the police station and every, every uh, police officer that rode with him. So and, and he had no idea 
uh, who I was. He had no idea um, that I had been to two others and left and, and felt like I made no, no you know, progress on, on getting Men's Morning Spirituality in Toledo. But after, after that witness, that unsolicited witness, um, I knew there was power in, in the program that was there. And even if we do this and we have 500 men and only touch one, which is highly, highly doubtful, I know we'll touch more, um, it'll still be a success. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, worth, it's worth the time and, um, and the work in pulling this together. And it's, it's been a great experience with a great team. I'd love to, to um, close with some of the great men that are working on this. You know, Dave, go ahead with uh, an example if you have one. Well, I know time is short, but all I'll say is this, is that it's men, like from that story and the one that I said earlier about this person was making bad decisions and might not be here today. Um, We have had, first off, Curcio, which was really truly on its back, is now absolutely flourishing uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. That's great. Because men have stepped forward, and they've taken just a step at a time, and before they know it, they are... They're so understanding of their faith and they have their arms around it that inertia in our faith just pulls them in. And we have a gorgeous faith. We expose that on our mornings. And I think some people actually see it for their first times. Um, And I have hundreds of stories like the ones that John just told. John and Dave, I'm going to have to cut you short. We're coming in for a landing here. But, folks, you're tuning to Ignite Radio Live. Very blessed to have John and Dave Kevin Brothers bringing this Men's Morning of Spirituality. Find out more at fomnwo.org, fomnwo.org. Let's just close in prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord Jesus, you fashioned us for your indwelling spirit. We just avail our hearts and our minds to you, that you transform and deeply move us to live fully the life you call us to live in our marriages and families and overflowing to this world that we claim it for you, for the glory of your name, through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Through the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.